episode four of the PFF College Football Podcast. I'm Seth Galina. We are finalizing our quick blitz of team previews with Texas and Oklahoma, the uh, eternal uh, Big 12 rivals. And so we'll get into them at first. And then at the end, I'm going to give you some kind of sleeper teams and predictions for the college football season. And then we're off. You know, uh, Miami is playing Thursday night and the the Big 12 and the ACC is starting up uh, on Saturday. And then uh, a couple weeks later, we have the SEC. So it's starting and uh, I'm excited for it. And I hope you guys are too. So here's Texas and Oklahoma. Alright, we are talking Texas Longhorns football right now. I'm going to tell you that Texas is kind of my sneaky pick to make the college football playoff. And, and I guess what that means is my, they're my sneaky pick to win the Big 12. And a lot of that has to do with Sam Ellinger, who is also my sneaky pick to win the Heisman this year. Pocket breaks down, running up the middle, and carried into the end zone! for the touchdown. Sam Ellinger, with nothing around him to do, takes off and hits Paydirt. Touchdown, Texas. He's actually one of the best returning quarterbacks in the country this year, especially when you take away uh, well, a guy like Justin Fields who's not even going to play this year. He wasn't that far behind him last year with a 90.1 overall grade. So, you, so him coming back puts him as the number one Power five returning quarterback, uh, number one, number two overall, uh, and I just I like his game in terms of him as a college player. So I think he needs to get like if we're talking NFL um, projections, I think he needs to get a little bit better with his progressions from the pocket, but. He works so well in the college game because it's deep shots and runs. And, you know, that's what we need. So it's like we're going to go down the field. I know Texas ran a lot of, like, four verts uh, in the past. So that's what they want to do is they want to hit you downfield. They don't really care about the intermediate game that much. Well, Ellinger is going to find a way to use his legs, whether it's, yes, in the in the quarterback run game, but also just his ability to stick around in the pocket. Okay, it's not open deep. I can wait a bit, and then I'm going to take off and, and gain some yards that way instead of really going through progression. So I think there's a big difference when we talk about who he is as a college player and who he is uh, potentially going to the next level. One of the interesting things is going to be the difference in offensive schemes. So they go to Mike Yursich, who's going to come in. Last year, he was the Ohio State passing game coordinator and quarterback coach. If you go look at our college football preview magazine that you can you go find on our website, we have the, uh, we call them attack zones for all the routes, not just the target locations, but all the routes that are run. Uh, last season for the for the Power Five teams, and when you take a look at the difference between Ohio State and Texas, you see a lot of 
above average routes in terms of like where the routes were run deep down the field, over 15 yards deep and way below average in the intermediate game. So they were telling Elijah, we are going, this is like, like the scheme is telling you to throw the ball downfield. And when you flip that over to Ohio State last year, you see really the, the inverse, which is a lot of, a lot of routes being run over the middle of the field and not as much, you know, below average down the field. And I don't think that really works for Ellinger unless he has proven that he can, yes, go through progressions on a consistent basis. If that's the case, I mean, honestly, if that's the case, he's going to win the Heisman. Like, that's how good he is. I, I would hope that they continue doing what they're doing uh, on offense, a lot of vertical plays, a lot of quarterback uh run game schemes for Ellinger and you know you know I'm not saying he shouldn't bring anything from Ohio State I thought they did a great job of of getting receivers open uh last season at Ohio State now the the, the difference is going to be in the receiving core so obviously last year Ohio State what a tremendous receiving core that they had there coming back for Texas is not a lot of players with snaps or, or with with uh, with interesting snaps at least my biggest concern is going to be who's playing the x receiver position uh they came out with a depth chart this week saying that it looks like michigan transferred Tariq black it was going to be the starter over brennan eagles both those guys graded uh, about the same actually uh 57.0 and 57.7 respectively last season a lot of targets and not a lot of catches. Now, I think with in Tariq Black's case, there was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Michigan receivers with a lot of targets and not a lot of catches. And and I'd say as some of that definitely has to do with with Shea Patterson's inaccuracies. But you know, when I watched both those receivers play, I really I I felt and look, I, I'm not in, I'm not in training camp with these guys. I don't know what's going on. So, so you know, I'm 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 seeing these things from from a ten thousand fifth view almost. But I like what I saw in Brandon Eagles in terms of being a, an X type of receiver where he can run a bunch of different patterns. He can separate. He can get down the field, and you can throw him screens. He'll break tackles for you, and and that type of stuff. And that's not necessarily what I saw with Tariq Black. You saw a lot of RPOs in the Michigan offense. So slant, slant, slant. Um, some comeback routes that were really nice, and 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 he and he did make some plays down the field. There's a great catch against Wisconsin that he makes down the field. So, like, he's, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I thought Brennan Eagles really had the inside, uh, and and the 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 inside um, track for that X receiver spot. Apparently not. So yeah, it goes Tariq Black, and then just but just like they gotta find other receivers. You know, the running back's gonna be fine with Ingram, and and obviously quarterback is gonna be fine. Offensive line, they return a few guys, including Sam Cosme, who. Uh, you know, one of the one of our top graded uh, players, top fifteen in both pass block grade and run block grade, allowed under a three percent pressure rate last season. So like they'll be good on in you know in terms of in the box, let's say. So quarterback, running back, uh, O line. It's just really finding guys to make plays for them on the outside. Uh, and luckily, they do have a, a senior quarterback in Sam Ellinger. Uh, moving to the defense, you know. So the, I guess the first thing is going to be like the switch from. Todd Orlando to Chris Ash. I would imagine, I hope I'm not talking out of my rear end right now, but I would imagine some of the issues that 
Texas fans had about Todd Orlando had to do with the exoticness of his defense. So you're just seeing all these um, simulated pressures, all these spinning, all this stuff they're doing to get pressure. And then, you know, in turn, they're allowing, they're actually allowing a lot of big plays. So Chris Ash is going to come in. I think you're going to see a lot of, a lot less exotic looks, a lot more um, just snaps overall in cover one and cover three, like simple stuff. Um, more true quarters compared to Orlando who ran a lot of uh, cover two and just a lot less blitzing. Like I'll, maybe like a lot, lot less blitzing. Um, I think there was about uh, 150 less uh, blitz snaps between Texas last year and Rutgers last year where Chris Ash was. So it's going to be a com- really a completely new defense. I think they're pretty good on the D-line. That's where they're, they're, they're going to hang their hat. Not a lot of stars return on the team. I think Caden Stearns is probably the biggest name, but he actually didn't grade very well for us, 66 overall. Uh, Deshaun Jameson is a pretty good corner uh, that I like. But yeah, on the D-line, I think this is where we could see some of the breakout stars, or even just the best the best players on the on the team. So inside you have uh, Moro Jomo, 678.4 run defense grade. That's pretty good. Um, their outside linebacker, Jack Backer type, um, you know, edge guy, uh, Joseph Asai, uh, 74.6 run defense grade. And then also inside, you have Taquan Graham, 87.1 run defense grade. So, you, you know, you, you definitely have uh, some players there to, to anchor your defense. You're not getting a ton of pass rush from the interior guys. Um, Asai is, is serviceable, and I think it'll get better. Um, this season uh, from a pass rush, pass rush perspective. But this season for, for Texas is really going to be defined by how, how Sam Ellinger goes. And that's, so I, I think their ceiling is, is the playoffs. Like I said, I think they're my, my sleeper team to, to make the playoffs. But their, their floor could be second or third in the Big 12. I mean, that's just, you know, if, if, if Lincoln Riley... Uh, can work his magic with another new quarterback, then then they're probably going to be second again. But I do like this team. I like Sam Ellinger the most. I think he's a guy that can carry uh, the rest of the team and hopefully carry the new receivers uh, that he has to work with this year. All first-time depositors at Monkey Knife Fight that put at least $20 into their account while using promo code PFF will receive a free, free PFF Edge annual subscription. So that's a $40 value for just $20. And you'll get that opportunity to turn that $20 into even more money playing daily fantasy football and prop games at one of the fastest-growing fantasy sports sites in the USA in monkey knife fight go to monkey knife fight and deposit your twenty dollars with promo code pff today to receive your free pff edge annual subscription moose fit is a premium online workout program and remote coaching service that provides you with daily workouts based on your goals the time you have available and the equipment you have at your disposal Gym still closed because of COVID and you don't have any equipment at your home or your apartment moose fit has a body weight program that will push you and challenge you Heading on a beach vacation and looking to tighten things up a bit, MooseFit has a physique program. With 15 different pre-made programs, MooseFit has something for everyone. Additionally, 
Moosefit offers completely customized programs that are unique to each member. No two custom programs are the same. Purchase your Moosefit membership and a Moosefit coach will reach out to you with a questionnaire. Based on the information provided in the questionnaire, your Moosefit coach will either assign you a pre-made program to you or will create a custom program for you. All workouts are delivered to members through an easy-to-use mobile and desktop application that allows you you and your coach to easily track your progress and make any adjustments to your program that may be necessary. Founded by a former Army Special Operatives captain and former Division I athlete turned professional CrossFit athlete, Moosefit is well-equipped to help you pr- help provide you with daily workouts that will challenge you and help you reach your health and fitness goals. For PFF listeners, use the code PFF50 and receive 50% off your first month. For more information, check out the, check them out on Instagram at, at moosefit or their website www.moosefit.com we're talking oklahoma sooners now and new quarterback spencer rattler is gonna start for them fourth new starter in four years under lincoln riley but he's created two uh first overall draft picks two Heisman Trophy winners, and a Heisman finalist in those three years. And so what I did recently was I looked at the top 15 Heisman contenders at quarterback, and I took their offense, like what they do in their offense in terms of trying to find what's schemed up for them. So looking at RPOs, which is like a one-read throw, the amount of screen passes, the amount of play action, the amount of throws to the middle of the field. Uh, you know, in, in a sense that we don't want to throw all the time to the middle of the field because there's a lot of players, a lot of bodies there with linebackers and safeties and stuff. Um, we want to throw outside the numbers for a college kid. Like, let's just get the ball to the sideline one-on-one. Here we go. So I looked at all that stuff, and then I came up with a very simplified ranking system based on those metrics. And last year's, you know, Oklahoma offense came out number one, as in they helped their quarterback the most with their scheme. And it's like, it was like an obvious thing once once the numbers came out. I was like, oh yeah, Lincoln Riley helps his quarterbacks the most. That's why he's gotten such tremendous play out of those guys. And that's going to help a guy who's never, who's thrown, uh, I believe, seven completions in, uh, in college football in his career, uh, Spencer Rattler, who look... You know, 12 dropbacks last year. So I'd hate to uh, do too much extrapolating right now, but I thought he threw the ball pretty well. There was good timing, threw a nice couple curl routes that were really nice on time, threw a tight window um, completion for a touchdown as well. So I thought there was a lot, there's there's a lot to work with. And obviously he's a big time recruit. So, so, you know, they know what they're getting into. It's probably the, the, the toughest job he's, he's, he's had because we just don't know much uh, that Lincoln Riley has had because we just don't know much about Spencer Rattler. You know, Baker Mayfield had been in college football before Kyler Murray had been in college football before Jalen Hurts had been in college football before, before they got to Oklahoma. So now Spencer Rattler, he's only known Oklahoma and he's only been there for a year. So that's the toughest, uh, it'll be the toughest test for Lincoln Riley, but he does put together uh, a tremendous offense to help the quarterbacks. Rattler will have a fantastic receiver in Charleston Rambo, Rambo um, to to throw to. He didn't grade particularly well last year in the low in the low seventies, 
but you know when you watch the tape you see a guy who now that he's going to be the number one receiver I can I can foresee a very big breakout year for him and you don't really need to project project him as 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 a team's number one receiver because he ran all those routes like he was running you know across the middle of the field he was running comebacks he was running you know part of their RPO package he was running screens and making plays so i think he he brought a lot to the table last year and he'll bring even more as the number one you know the number one target for Spencer Rattler they return everyone on the offensive line but i don't think they necessarily played very well so that's that's a problem but I'll, I'll, you know continuity is 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 a big deal for offenses and and i think that'll that'll be good for them they might bring in Anton Harrison at left tackle. He's a freshman um, to kind of solidify and maybe get 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 a high upside player there um, to help them on the O line. At running back, you know the best player coming back was uh, Ramondre Stevenson because you know you lose Kennedy Brooks to an opt out, you lose uh, Trey Sermon to a transfer, and Stevenson comes back 81.6 rushing grade last year, so only 65 carries, but 6.1 yards after contact per attempt uh, on those 61 on those 65 carries. He is suspended, unfortunately. So you know them trying to find a running back. It's going to be interesting early in the season. But I think Ramon J. Stevenson is their best player when he's available. 230 pounder coming right at him into the end zone for the touchdown. His third over the first few weeks. On defense, they finally found something of a of a of a of a of a, of a defense last year, uh, going to the Alex Grinch system. So they went from an EPA per play of positive point one three one, which is not very good, in twenty eighteen, to positive point zero one four. So a big drop off, still in the positive, but at least there's a big drop off uh, going to Alex Grinch last season. In the secondary, they return everyone but Par- Parnell Motley, uh, so that's very good. But they also get back Trey Norwood, who who missed all of 2019. Pat Fields is the safety; he's the uh, highest graded player uh, coming back at 73.4. Look, it's Oklahoma. We've known they've had problems on defense for for a few years, but at least getting some continuity in the secondary, I think, will be very good for them. At the nickel position, and this is something I remember reading last year on Cody Alexander's Match Quarters uh, website, is they do something interesting with the nickel. Brad, uh, Brendan Radley Hines, he plays an interesting role. He's kind of like the the, um, the fulcrum through that through which all their kind of interesting coverages can run through. So I think that's something interesting to look at. He plays a little deeper. Like sometimes you see him play nickel at eight yards. And uh, it's it's an interesting way for them to bracket their... They can do some stuff where they bracket uh, slot receivers. Did not work uh, <laughs> against Justin Jefferson and the LSU Tigers last year. But I'm not sure many teams had an answer for the LSU Tigers last year. Go Tigers! So that that's the thing with, with Oklahoma. Defense, I think, will get better. There's just some returning players um, that... Um, especially in, in an important place like the secondary that I expect them to get even better on defense. Second year in Alex Grinch's system, that also helps too. Ceiling is has to be the national championship game. And the floor is probably second to... Well, I guess, you know what, now I'm thinking about it again. The floor 
is really going to be based on Spencer Rattler's play. I think he's fine, like honestly. But you st- we just don't know, right? He's he's only thrown, like I said, seven completions in, in uh, college football in his life. So we just don't know. So I think that you could see, if he's really, really not sharp, I think you could see them falling to third uh, in the in the Big 12. But I, I don't really see that happening. So I'd say probably the floor is second to Texas in the Big 12. As the Power 5 kicks off, um, I'll get out of here with a couple predictions for the whole season. I'm going to make predictions based on kind of sleeper teams because, like, at the end of the day, most likely we're going to get some sort of combination of uh, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma as the top four. (laughs) Again, we've seen that before. And most likely we'll get it again, especially with Ohio State not playing. I think that's unbelievably likely. So I'll give you my, from each conference, the top teams that I think, who have never made the college football playoff, who I think have a like a, a fighter's chance at least to do it. So in the ACC, it's really three teams. So Louisville, Miami, North Carolina. Louisville, I, I like the skill positions. I like... Quarterback is pretty good, but I really like the scheme. I think the scheme is is tough to defend with all the outside zone. With Miami, Derek King coming in, our highest graded or one of our highest graded players in 2018, um, when he was uh, running that like uh, wide splits, you know, throw the ball vertical option route down the field type of offense at uh, Houston, and then North Carolina, Sam Howell came in was tremendous as a true freshman last year. North Carolina's turned things around. They also returned a ton of skilled players. Heavy RPO offense, second most amount of RPOs in the in the country last year. In fact, the team who had the most amount of RPOs, SMU, their offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley, is in Miami now. So that's very interesting. Um, the rest of the ACC, Pitt has a really good defense, and the quarterback is like, all right, but their offense was really... Um, he was kind of left out to dry a lot by the offensive line, and he wasn't good enough to to kind of carry them, even with bad players around him. So I'm 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 in a wait and see mode with Kenny Pickett there in in at Pitt. Um, all right, let's go Big Twelve. I've talked about it. Texas, this is has to be the year for them because you have uh, a senior quarterback and. Your your biggest rival uh, is starting a guy who's never who's thrown eleven passes in in FBS so far. So got to be the year for Texas, Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders is like the, that's the quarterback. He's not amazing, but he does have some athletic ability. And then you pair him with with a pretty good offensive line and Chuba Hubbard, who's maybe the best running back in the country uh, besides Travis Etienne guy I really like is Jarrett Dodge, the quarterback who came in off the bench last year for West Virginia. Really outstanding play. So he's a transfer from Bowling Green, and when you look up his numbers and his grades from Bowling Green, you don't see a good quarterback. And then he comes off the bench last year uh, after transferring to WVU, and he is outstanding. So that's a big-time sleeper team in the Big 12 is um, is West Virginia because if he can carry that success or what he was doing that second half of the year into a full year, they're going to be really hard to beat. And then you have uh, Iowa State who returns, you know, Brock Purdy. A great true freshman season, fell off a bit last year. 
but if they can if they can get him back to uh, to what he's uh, capable of, let's say, then they're going to be uh, a tough out also in the Big Twelve. In the SEC, I'll look at teams like Texas A&M and Tennessee. Obviously, Texas A&M has a lot of talent, but the inconsistencies uh, from Kellen Mond were kind of holding them back. I'm just gonna say, like, I maybe this is the year. Like, this is finally the year that he that he that he puts it all together, and he's a really good quarterback, and they make the college football playoff. Then you have Tennessee with Jared Guar- Gar- Jared Guarantano, who I think did a lot of again. It's a consistency thing. So I think in 2018 he had a really good year, fell off a bit in 2019, but I thought that he understood the position very well. So it wasn't like a well, he was just he just he, he's a dummy and he doesn't get it. No, no, he's a smart guy. Um, I felt like he was uh, calling protections and audibling by himself. I know that sounds like, well, well, what, what's, you know, what's the big deal about that? Well, you know, a lot of in college, a lot of these audibles and stuff come from the sideline, and it looked like he was doing a lot himself in terms of changing protections and stuff like that. So I thought that was really interesting, and he, and I think he really gets the position. He's got to be a little more consistent. Florida, obviously, you know, if they get the season that they need out of Kyle Trask, they'll be fine. Auburn's interesting because obviously Bo Nix was a was a true freshman last year, but the problem was and he didn't and he didn't play particularly well. But the problem was, from my perspective, is okay. So you got to show me something that you can do that I think gives you a floor, and he didn't do that. So on like play actions on on RPOs, he still wasn't that good. So when I compare him to a guy like Sam Howell, is Sam Howell this amazing pocket passer when he has to drop back and throw it? No, he's still very good. He looks like a true freshman when he does that. But, you know, he was really good. He was really accurate on, like, one read throws. So it's like all these RPOs, he was so good at them that it gave the offense and gave himself a floor, and Bo Nix did not have that last season. So... I'm. I'm. I think that you know. Look, he won the SEC Freshman of the Year. He stole it from Derek Stingley Jr. But I don't know if I'm not ready to say until I see it on the field. I'm not ready to say. Well, he's going to be better because he has another year. Uh, uh, he has like an off season under his belt at Auburn. So those are my kind of the, the teams that I'm feeling this year. And like I said, mostly has to do with with the quarterback play. And I'm really excited to watch those guys that I just mentioned because I think that there's a lot there to like about their games, but they just got to put it all together and I'm excited to watch them this year.